On November 8th, 2022, millions of Americans voted in the U.S. midterm elections for House of Representatives, Senate, Governor, and local races. Important revelations were made by voting trends, including unprecedented concerns about abortion rights and democratic backsliding, newfound political involvement among young voters, and a major shift in the Republican Party from former President Donald Trump to traditional Republican politicians like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Some of the most crucial elections were for the House and Senate. Prior to the election, the Senate had 50 Republicans, 47 Democrats, and three Independents, Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, Angus King of Maine, and Bernie Sanders of Vermont, all three of whom caucus with the Democrats. The tiebreaker vote of Democratic Vice President Kamala Harris gave the Democrats a razor-thin majority. As of the writing of this episode, there are 49 Republicans, 48 Democrats, and the same three independents, meaning that the Dems have gained an extra seat. Prior to the opening session on January 3rd, 2023, the House of Representatives had 217 Democrats, 213 Republicans, and five vacant seats. The Republicans have since flipped the House, which now has 222 Republicans, 212 Democrats, and one vacant seat. This seat had previously been held by Democrat Donald McEachin of Virginia, who died of colorectal cancer on November 28, 2022. Numerous races were decided by very slim margins. In the House, the closest race was a rather unexpected one. In a Republican stronghold district of Colorado, Republican Lauren Boebert was narrowly re-elected by 0.37% against Democrat Adam Frisch. Other close races were won by Republicans John Duarte of California, 0.42%, John James of Michigan, 0.49%, and Mike Lawler of New York, 0.64%. Democrats Yadira Caraveo of Colorado, 0.69%, Gabe Vasquez of New Mexico, 0.7%, and Johanna Hayes of Connecticut, 0.79%, also won by thin margins. In the Senate, Democrat Catherine Cortez Masto of Nevada and Republican Ron Johnson of Wisconsin were each re-elected by a margin of less than 1%. The House elections saw a few candidates, mainly Republicans, from, shall we say, unconventional backgrounds. For example, Morgan Luttrell of Texas is the brother of Marcus Luttrell, a retired Navy SEAL whose heroism in the war in Afghanistan was depicted in the 2013 film Lone Survivor. Similarly, Eli Crane of Arizona is a former Navy SEAL known for his founding of Bottle Breachers, a company that converts spent bullet cases into bottle openers, which is just about the most Republican thing I've ever heard of. Anna Paulina Luna of Florida came to prominence as a Sport Illustrated swimsuit model and later as an influencer for right-wing interest groups Turning Point USA and PragerU. 
Derek Van Orden of Wisconsin has acted in several films of mixed success, appearing alongside John Voight in Surviving the Wild and Nicolas Cage and Lawrence Fishburne in Running with the Devil, before being arrested in, in 2021 for trying to board a plane with a loaded handgun. I've taken the liberty of designated my home state, New Jersey, as having the most nepotistic election results. Republican Thomas Kane Jr., the son of former Governor Thomas Kane, and Democrat Robert Menendez Jr., the son of incumbent Senator Bob Menendez, were both elected to the House from New Jersey. Similarly, Democrat Jonathan Jackson, the son of Reverend Jesse Jackson, was elected to the House from Illinois. The most controversial new member of the House has to be Republican George Santos of New York, who has more or less lied about his entire life story, including but not limited to his college education, his employment at Citigroup and Goldman Sachs, his charity work, his Jewish ancestry and descent from Holocaust survivors, and his mother's death on 9-11, none of which ever happened. Despite the fact that no new third party or independent candidates were elected, this election cycle saw many third party and independent candidates put up good fights. In Utah's Senate race, independent Evan McMullen earned 42.8% of the vote against Republican incumbent Mike Lee. In Georgia's Senate race, Libertarian Chase Oliver won only 2.1% of the vote, but he still forced a runoff election between Democratic incumbent Raphael Warnock and Republican challenger Herschel Walker by preventing either from winning a majority. In North Dakota's at-large House district, Independent Kara Mund put up 37.7% against Republican incumbent Kelly Armstrong. In Texas's 26th district, Libertarian Mike Coles racked up 30.7% against Republican incumbent Michael C. Burgess. I can go on and on about everything that happened during this election cycle, but just like with last election cycle, going over every single race would take way too long. In today's episode, I'll be focusing on the incoming members of the new session of Congress. Some of them are much more interesting than others. Some of these new members have broken records, beaten powerful opponents, or are interesting in some other way. I'm going to tell you all about them right now on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the 79th episode of this podcast, and I'm excited for you to hear it. Special thank you to Patreon subscribers Barbara, Lisa Chase, and Tom. If you want to receive a shout-out in every episode, among other benefits, help support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash historia obscura and becoming a patron. One more thing, make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Anchor. Let's start with the Senate. There are seven new incoming senators that were elected this past November, five Republicans and two Democrats. 
Katie Britt is the only woman entering the Senate and the first female senator from Alabama, while Mark Wayne Mullen, who is a registered member of the Cherokee Nation, is the first Native American to serve in the Senate in almost 20 years. At the age of 75, Peter Welch is the oldest incoming senator in U.S. history, surpassing 73-year-old Frederick Gillette. Three are Catholics, Eric Schmidt, J.D. Vance, and Peter Welch, and three are Protestants, Katie Britt, Ted Budd, and Mark Wayne Mullen. While John Fetterman keeps his religious affiliation private and holds generally secular views, in Alabama's election to replace retiring Republican incumbent Richard Shelby, Shelby's former chief of staff, Katie Britt, defeated Alabama Representative Mo Brooks in the Republican primary, likely due to Donald Trump's endorsement of Britt. Britt faced Democratic nominee Will Boyd, a Baptist pastor, who she easily defeated in the Republican stronghold state. In Missouri's Republican primary to replace retiring Republican incumbent Roy Blunt, former Missouri Governor Eric Greitens, who had resigned due to sexual assault allegations, took an early lead against Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt. The most entertaining moment of the campaign came when Trump publicly stated, quote, I am proud to announce that Eric has my complete and total endorsement, without clarifying which Eric he was referring to. Schmidt ultimately won the primary, as well as the general election against Democratic retired nurse Trudy Bush Valentine. In North Carolina, incumbent Richard Burr, one of seven Republican senators to vote to convict Trump, opted not to run for re-election. Republican North Carolina Representative Ted Budd and Democratic North Carolina Supreme Court Chief Justice Sherry Beasley each won their respective primaries with Bud ultimately winning the competitive general election by a very narrow margin. In Ohio's election to replace retiring Republican incumbent Rob Portman, the Republican primary was headlined by businessman and Marine Corps veteran J.D. Vance, famous for his 2016 memoir, Hillbilly Elegy, which commented on the dire socioeconomic situation in Appalachia. Vance has notably flip-flopped on Trump, in contrast to his Trump loyalist primary opponent, former Ohio Treasurer Josh Mandel. But Vance nonetheless received the coveted Trump endorsement, culminating in his victory in the primary. In spite of his controversial views, including his support for far-right Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban, under whom Hungary has experienced major democratic backsliding, Vance went on to win the general election against the Democratic nominee, Ohio Representative Tim Ryan. In Oklahoma's race to replace resigning Republican incumbent Jim Inhofe, the Republican primary saw Oklahoma Representative Mark Wayne Mullen defeat former Oklahoma State House Speaker T.W. Shannon. Mullen would defeat the Democratic nominee, former Oklahoma Representative Kendra Horn, in the general election. One of the most watched Senate races was Pennsylvania's to replace retiring incumbent Pat Toomey, one of the seven Republican senators who voted to impeach Trump. In the Democratic primary, Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman and Pennsylvania State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta both framed themselves as progressive candidates, with Fetterman mainly appealing to rural whites and Kenyatta having an urban minority base, while Pennsylvania Representative Connor Lamb was marketed as a political moderate. 
Fetterman ultimately emerged victorious, facing Republican nominee Mehmet Oz, a former cardiologist and the host of the Dr. Oz show in the general election. Fetterman has long faced criticism for his casual attire, he is usually found wearing shorts and a hoodie rather than a suit, and his mental state was also called into question after he suffered a minor stroke. Oz, meanwhile, was lambasted for actually living in New Jersey rather than Pennsylvania, as well as for his ties to authoritarian Turkish Prime Minister Recep Tayyip Erdogan and his past service in the Turkish military. Fetterman ultimately won the election by a narrow margin. Finally, Vermont's election was held to determine the successor of retiring Democratic incumbent Patrick Leahy, the president pro tempore of the Senate. Surprising nobody, the Democratic nominee, Vermont Representative Peter Welch, wiped the floor with the Republican candidate, retired U.S. Army officer Gerald Malloy. Now, let's talk about the House of Representatives. There are 75 new incoming representatives that were elected this past November, including 40 Republicans and 35 Democrats. 53 are men, while 22 are women. 11 are black, including 9 Democrats, Sidney Kamlanger of California, Maxwell Frost of Florida, Jonathan Jackson of Illinois, Glenn Ivey of Maryland, Don Davis and Valerie Fouché of North Carolina, Amelia Sykes of Ohio, Summer Lee of Pennsylvania, and Jasmine Crockett of Pennsylvania, as well as two Republicans, John James of Michigan and Wesley Hunt of Texas. Fifteen incoming representatives are Hispanic or Latino, including nine Democrats, Robert Garcia of California, Yadira Caraveo of Colorado, the aforementioned Maxwell Frost of Florida, Delia Ramirez of Illinois, Robert Menendez Jr. of New Jersey, Gabe Vasquez of New Mexico, Andrea Salinas of Oregon, Greg Kassar of Texas, and Marie Glusenkamp Perez of Washington, as well as six Republicans, Juan Siscomani of Arizona, John Duarte of California, Anna Paulina Luna of Florida, Anthony Desposito and George Santos of New York, Lori Chavez de Reamer of Oregon, and Monica de la Cruz of Texas. Two Democrats are of Asian descent. Jill Takuda of Hawaii is of Japanese descent, while Sri Thanadar of Michigan is of Indian descent. In addition to being of Black and Latino descent, Democrat Maxwell Frost of Florida also has Lebanese ancestry, while Republican Josh Burkeen of Oklahoma has Choctaw Native American ancestry. Two Democrats are immigrants who did not have U.S. citizenship at birth. Robert Garcia of California was born in Peru, and Sri Tanadar of Michigan was born in India. There are 51 Protestants coming into the House, 15 Catholics, 6 Jews, and 3 of unknown religious backgrounds. ways, this has been an election of firsts for the House. In addition to the three openly gay Democrats elected, Robert Garcia of California, Eric Sorensen of Illinois, and Becca Ballant of Vermont, George Santos of New York became the first openly gay Republican to be elected to Congress. 
Garcia is the first openly gay immigrant in Congress, while Sorensen is the first openly gay congressperson from Illinois, and Ballant is the first openly gay congressperson from Vermont. Summer Lee, a grassroots political organizer from Pittsburgh, is the first black woman in history to represent Pennsylvania in Congress. Maxwell Frost, a gun control activist and amateur musician born in 1997, is the first member of Generation Z to serve in Congress. At 25 years old, he has usurped Republican Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina as the youngest congressperson. In 2021, I mentioned that the 117th Congress was made up of 141 women, the most in history. This record has been broken once again, as the 118th Congress has 149 women as members. This means that, for the second term in a row, over a quarter of members of Congress will be women. Except, as of the writing of this episode, none of these people are technically representatives yet, as a Speaker of the House has not been selected, and House business therefore cannot be conducted. So get on that quickly, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. I hope I haven't stressed you out too much by talking about the current state of Congress. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash Historia Obscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. Additionally, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash Historia Obscura and become a patron. And of course, I can't go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor, Anchor. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to anchor.fm. With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long.